Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 9th of November, 2022. But it's actually, you're hearing this on the 8th, because I'm recording it on the 8th. And I'm sitting here recording it, and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to record, because things, look, the good thing about being up at midnight is that you're first, right? You're first. But the bad thing is you record during the day, and a lot of times you're like, well, it's horribly out of date. Things have changed. Most days, things don't change. But uh, some days they do. And on election day, it should be as current as possible. So while you're sitting there waiting to vote, thinking about voting, standing in line to vote, I wanted to have this in your earbuds or whatever and uh, maybe entertain you while you wait and maybe make you think, hopefully make you think. So it's early. This is Wednesday's show, but it's out on Tuesday. While it's still fresh, while still vote, it's going to be like 1 o'clock in the afternoon when I post this thing. And tomorrow's show will probably be the same way too, just because it'll, there'll be results. And so we'll get it. By the end of the week, we'll be back to the normal schedule. But whilst things are still potentially hot out of the oven, I thought, let's do it this way. And if it's like, well, we'll record later and we'll re- release it at like six o'clock at night. Now, people will be watching TV and getting results. Then everything would be, it's either get it out before the results start rolling in or wait until really late and record. And I just thought it'd be better this way and I can do it again tomorrow. So it screws up the sleep schedule a little bit for people who sleep with my voice, people in California. There are a couple. Hey, how you doing? Uh, but uh, you just listen to it again. So therefore, I get to this because I don't really want to get to uh, get to it later. Let's start the show. There's, there's a lot going on, as you might imagine, on election day, and we don't have results. Obviously, we won't have. It used to be you go to bed, you knew what happened. It's not that hard. Now we're being told by the White House, by various left-wing outlets. There are always left-wing outlets. Hey, uh, we might not know for quite some time. And that's okay. That's perfectly normal. It's not perfectly normal. It is not okay. It should not be acceptable that we do not have results from the races that matter. We are not a banana republic. We are not a, we are not a parliamentary system where they have to, well, it's nobody got a clear majority, so they're going to have to cobble together some kind of uh, coalition and whether or not they can p- cobble together a coalition to elect a prime minister really depends on how long this election lasts. No, that's not how it should be done. And that's not how it's always been done in the United States of America. Now you have these garbage outlets like uh, Vox, V-O-X going, here's their headline, We won't know all the midterm results on election night. That's normal. That's their headline. That's normal. It's not normal. On uh, their subheadline, as is typically the case, states with more mail-in ballots need more time to count them. They're not counting them. Okay, first a couple of things. States with more mail-in ballots, it's normal. First of all, mail-in balloting, aside from a place like Washington where they've done mail-in balloting, balloting exclusively for a better more than a decade, 
is a new phenomenon to the 2020 election because of the pandemic. So it's not it happening one time is not normal. I don't know what the definite, of course, the definition of the word normal to these people means. You know, you're you're a man, now you're a woman, now you're a woman, now you're a man, now you're something in between. No, no, that's perfectly normal because they're insane. But it is not by any real definition of the word normal, normal in any way, shape or form. So to pull this crap is uh, telling. Now, they wrote this on the 7th, the day before Election Day is posted at 4.36 p.m. Why? Because they've got to try and normalize the concept. Now, the drone army that reads Vox News is um, is going to accept this. This is this is red meat to their choir. Says, uh, While it's felt like we've been eagerly anticipating the outcome of the midterms for weeks, a good thing to keep in mind on election night is that there's a lot that we may not know immediately because of how much time it takes to process ballots. Now, what? It was just counting, counting ballots. We need more time to count them. Now it's processing ballots. That's more accurate because nobody's sitting there licking their thumb going, one, two, three, and separating pieces of paper. That's not how this process works. Processing is feeding them into a computer. Now, I alone, I feel like I could feed 100,000 ballots into a computer pretty quickly. Why? Because have you ever seen ballots being fed into a pile of ballots being fed into a counting machine? It goes pretty quickly. Have you ever seen a money counting machine? The things in the bank that they count the money. Just, and they go, all right, that's $2,317. Now we count it again. No, that's the same $2,317. It, we have amazing technology when it comes to counting which already isn't all that complex. Counting, right? We we all presumably can do it, even the people who, like me, came through public schools. I think we can count pretty well. Even people who came through public schools and managed to not learn to read learned to count somewhere along the line. But that's not even required. It's even more basic than that. It's not counting. It's not math. It is looking at numbers and then acknowledging those numbers. And I don't know anybody who can't do that. Maybe there's somebody, but I don't know anybody who can't do that. Vox continues, that delay won't be a sign that anything has gone amiss, but the result of needing time to count votes, including mail-in ballots, which often take longer to tally because many states can't start processing them until election day. Since each state also establishes its own vote-counting policies and has different polling times. Some states are also poised to be faster than others when it comes to reporting their returns. Oh, all right. So I get it. You can't open the envelope until election night is over, till the votes are are, uh, all cast, the polling places are cast. How long does it take to do that? Because they got machines that do that too, right? Or you you can look at the ballots and go, did they, like in certain states, you're supposed to write the date on the envelope. Write the date on the envelope. It's pretty simple. And instead they go, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't write the date on the envelope. Set that one aside. Set that one aside. Up in Pennsylvania, they're having 
things like this. There are certain rules that if you don't write the date on the envelope, your vote doesn't count. Your vote, it's not your vote doesn't count, neener, neener, neener. It is in order for it to be a valid vote, you have to write the date on the envelope. It's pretty simple. It is, I believe, while I don't vote in Pennsylvania, I believe that it is pretty predominant, pretty dominant on the mail-in ballot things. Like, hey, we're providing you with an envelope. You've got to write the date. Write the date right here or else your vote won't count. Now, if you're too stupid to do that, your vote doesn't deserve to count. I don't care who you're voting for. I don't know who these people who just blow past instructions are and who don't go oh you know what i I, was i supposed to do something with the envelope oh well they'll figure it out it'll be fine i don't know who those people are nor do i care the rules are the rules the rules fetterman's campaign is uh, assuming that much like their candidate their supporters are largely too dumb to be able to follow the rules and so they are suing on this they've already lost in the state supreme court doesn't matter they're pursuing it anyway because this is what democracy looks like or something like that but we probably won't know the results in pennsylvania for some time why because they are desperately trying to condition people to accept that we're not going to know the results in a while why because why not what if the results that come in as it uh, happens aren't what democrats want you need some time to cook up them votes oh no are you talking about voter fraud everybody knows voter fraud is a myth that's so quick to denounce voter fraud and then when they do find it when they can't deny it They report on it as though it was just a one-time, a small amount of voter fraud. A small amount of voter fraud. Well, we have, what, uh, two million illegal aliens getting caught across the border. A certain percentage of illegal aliens crossing the border illegally get away. So, all right, it was two million, two and a half million encounters in the last fiscal year. And a million getaways can't really argue that's a small percentage you're looking at about 40 percent of the total number of people caught got away those are the estimates now they don't know that's why they call it an estimate they have nothing to go on except for their spidey sense so that's why they call it an estimate it could be much much higher it could be much lower we know it's not really much lower but it could be much much higher it's best guess when it comes to voter fraud is it's such a tiny fraction we don't know about it well how do you know if people are getting first of all how do you know if you're not looking for it secondly how do you know if uh, you're catching all because whenever they say it whenever they catch it they say see well, all right they caught this voter fraud person but it's still a very small percentage and they caught this person well how do you know what you're missing you can't know what you're missing it's impossible to know what you're missing it's impossible when an establishment people who are in party in power where the voter fraud is frankly most likely to take place places like philadelphia detroit to swing this these are the more purple states not like Maryland. there's no there's no real reason to commit a bunch of voter fraud in baltimore because democrats dominate the state 
but Pennsylvania Democrats don't dominate the state. So they need that voter fraud in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia officials are saying, hey, it might take a while. For our our thing, our total, you just hold on. Because we can't run computers here. We can't feed papers into machines like they can in other districts. In Detroit, it took about a week to count the presidential ballots in 2020. Why? Because Democrats absolutely dominate there. They can manufacture as many ballots as you need, if need be. I'm not saying they did, but you can. If you're at all interested in preserving our democracy, and if you think that accusing somebody of uh, voter fraud is a threat to democracy then shouldn't you do everything possible to make sure that you don't even give the appearance of voter fraud? Shove it right in their faces. Shove it right there. Here we go. Transparent as all get out. We are as transparent as you possibly can be. You couldn't ask for more because we're not doing anything untoward. Instead, in Detroit, they were putting up big pieces of cardboard to cover the windows to make sure that the observers sent there by the parties were not allowed to see what was going on. Why would you not want that? Well, they were standing too close with COVID. Oh, they were objecting too often. When In an era of COVID, you can't do that. And so what? You don't want them to even remotely have the possibility to see? You want to keep them a football field away and confiscate the binoculars? Is that why? If Democrats were concerned about allegations of voter fraud and the threat to democracy that those allegations present, then they would be doing everything humanly possible to say, look, they'd be like a, a blackjack dealer at shift change in, in Vegas. They clapped their hands together, said, nothing to see here. We got nothing, nothing up my sleeve, man. I am... Uh, I am down with this. I am down with the cause. I am this. I am that. I have nothing going on. Nothing to hide here. They don't do that. They throw the cardboard out. They throw people out. I get it. Some people, some ballot watchers can be obnoxious. So what? It's weird how the ballot watchers who are deemed obnoxious are always of the opposite party of the people doing the counting, right? Of doing the sorting, of doing the the feeding of the ballots, all of that stuff. Isn't it weird how that works out? I have never in my lifetime heard one tale of a Democrat poll worker throwing out a Democrat poll watcher, ever. Have you? I doubt it. So they're trying to condition you to be ready, and you just have to be ready, because what are you going to do? You have to wait. You have to wait for the results to come out. But I would like to remind you that it is not counting. It is feeding pieces of paper into a machine, a machine that can count those. They do the counting. They do the ad, the adding, who can do that at a rate way faster than any human being can even actually feed the machines. Now, occasionally, some idiot will have bent their ballot, and it will maybe muck up the machine for a second, but they have more than one machine. The electronic voting machines keep a running total. They don't even have to feed anything into it. They just look at the machine and say, boom, there's the total. They then have that machine connected to the other machine. So they say, here's the total from this polling place. And then they either call it in, which is pretty simple. I think even the dumbest poll worker can work a telephone. 
call it into somewhere and read the numbers directly off the machine, which shouldn't be that hard, or they electronically transmit that uh, information to the master central hub and they're added into the total. Then there's a phone call to verify, hey, we sent uh, 700 total votes, and they were this many for this one, this many for that one. All right, did you get that? Is that what you got? Yes, we did. All right, good. We're good to go. We're all done. That shouldn't take, nah, it'll take, I'd give them a couple hours. Why? Because there's a lot of places reporting in. It shouldn't take days. It shouldn't take weeks. It shouldn't take very long at all. They'll tell you the counting takes a long time. I urge you to remember that there is no counting. There is no math. There could be some addition. But if there's any addition, it would be in the form of additional votes to help one party over the other. And once they get super defensive, you should start to get super suspicious. That doesn't happen by accident, ladies and gentlemen. On the subject of elections taking a long time and voter fraud and blah, 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 we do have the White House again conditioning. Uh, It's not just Vox. It's not just left-wing media. It is the White House itself. Karine Jean-Pierre. Karine Jean-Pierre. This is amazing. She's reading this statement about we might not have results for days. She's reading it. And she can't get it right. She's not even, if you watch the video, most of the time she's reading constantly. And so you can, uh, you watch, she's looking down and then looking up and looking down and then looking up. This one is so damned important to the cause of the Democrat Party that she's not looking up. She's omitting, she's skipping the looking up part and just straight up terrified. You know, I, as somebody with dyslexia, when I was a kid in, in school, there was nothing more terrifying than having to read aloud, right? They go, okay, we're all going to, it would always happen in history class. We're going to read the history book. Everybody gets a paragraph. And it was fine when it was like, all right, we're going up and down the aisle. We're going up and down the rows, I mean, in the desks. Because I could count like, okay, I'm like number 17 if you go this way. And so I would count ahead 17 paragraphs and start reading that incessantly so I knew what the hell I was reading so I wouldn't screw it up and come across like an idiot when it was time for me to read. I'd actually read a couple of paragraphs in both directions because sometimes uh, sometimes the paragraph was like two sentences or one sentence and the teacher would go, read the next one too because you didn't get have to read enough. So I didn't know. I just knew the general area where I was going to have to read. And I would read ahead, terrified, but prepared. The worst one was when they called on people randomly. Because then it was like, oh, crap. I always had to be one or two paragraphs ahead of where the class was because what if they called on me to read it? And I I can't, you know, I thought I was illiterate at the time. I wasn't illiterate. It just had difficulty reading. And so I was constantly going ahead and reading ahead. So I'd read, probably why I remember so much about history is I read it paragraph by paragraph two or three times before the class ever did. But uh, it's terrifying. Karine Jean-Pierre reminds me of that, except that if I were the press secretary for a president, having been a press secretary for a United States senator, I would know the answer. I wouldn't need to read it from my boss had enough faith in me to be able to speak on his behalf 
in a lot of scenarios. A lot of times when it was you know, election-related, it had to get a, run it past a couple of people. But in general, if it was a policy question, particularly on health policy, since that was what I knew, they Conrad Burns is like, well, you, you tell me. But Karen Jean-Pierre, at a minimum, you just learn what the position is. And then you go, all right, well, this is it. It's not super complicated. But Karen Jean-Pierre is not trusted by her bosses. She is not trusted by her presumably her co-workers colleagues she is um she's out there because she is historic and that's it and so they give her a script she is not allowed seemingly to speak off the cuff and so she is reading this directly from the page she never looks up and she still screws it up she still can't get through it and she still wears that like glittery is she 15 years old? She wears the glittery eyeshadow. Like, are you kidding me? You're wearing glittery eyeshadow? It really just highlights that when you look down, all we see is these glittery eyelids. I think she should really consider painting eyeballs on her eyelids. Since she spends most of the time looking down, she should at least try to make it look like she's not. She's incapable of thinking, so she could at least paint something on her face that would give the impression to stupid people that she's at least thinking about thinking. Anyway, listen to Karine Jean-Pierre explain the official White House line. Read the official White House line. I assume it was prepared by the chief of staff, Ron Klain, as to why you're not going to know who won a lot of these races tonight, probably, and that's perfectly fine. It took two weeks to, to call every state. In modern elections, more and more ballots are being cast in early voting and also by mail. And many states don't start counting those ballots until after the ballots, uh, after, pardon me, after the polls close on November 8th. So you heard the president say this the other night. He has been very clear on this as well. We may not know all the winners of elections for a few days. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. That's how, the, that's how this is supposed to work. And it's important for us. It's important for us. Look, at we might not know. We might not know. ABC early election night results might not indicate final tallies and why that's okay. This is ABC News. Their subheadline, a red mirage or artificial GOP vote lead will likely occur Tuesday. They're conditioning people. This is why Republicans have to win by enough that Democrats can't steal it. That's the burden of being a Republican. All the, I, <clears throat> last night, as a hero, you know, I don't use that word lightly, but I was a hero. I watched a solid hour and a half of MSNBC, their election eve coverage. Now, if, like I say, if tonight, if Republicans are having a good night, turn to MSNBC, watch, watch these sad people become even sadder and you'll enjoy it. But uh, I watched, I just wanted, I flipped over. And it's bizarre. It was like bizarro Superman. It was the exact opposite of everything I know to be true. Now, that doesn't mean... Look, it, it was the exact opposite of Fox News. It really was a photo negative of Fox News. I don't think either one of them actually do anybody a particularly good service, quite frankly, insofar as informing their audiences. But it was funny because if you watch Fox, they go, oh, there's uh, Adam Laxalt. Oh, there's J.D. Vance coming on. There's Carrie Lake coming on. There's Herschel Walker coming on. There's uh, Dr. Oz coming on. It is all 
It's all the it's they've got Smiley up in Washington. They've got all the Republicans running for these various offices. You flip over to MSNBC and you've got all the Democrats that are in those exact same races. It is a photo negative of of each other. I don't know that I mean the numbers are the numbers. The polling is the polling, but the the anchors lie. The numbers don't lie. The anchors lie. But one thing I noticed, whereas on Fox, they were talking about issues, they were talking about inflation, they were talking about, these candidates were talking about what they were going to do about the economy and inflation, and at least at a minimum acknowledging how awful inflation is. You had on MSNBC, the number one issue that they would not stop talking about is how big of a threat to democracy this was. If it goes wrong, it's a threat to dem- If you don't vote for Democrats, it is a threat to democracy. It was in January 6th came up more often than I could. Uh, 300 people who are election deniers on the Everybody's going to have election deniers on the ballot. And if they're elected, if they win, it is the end of Western civilization as we know it. It's a horrible sit. Oh, my goodness. Election deniers, election deniers, election deniers. And you're sitting there and you're going, what planet are these people on? What planet are these people on where people care less about, I don't know, being able to feed their family than they do about uh, maybe 200 jackasses being jerks for about three hours two years ago, right? There's no institutional support. If you say something like, hey, people should be going to jail and be held accountable if they got into fights with police officers, but... Being held without bail for two years in solitary confinement without having had a trial or been convicted of anything is a little bit like a Soviet gulag and probably not good. Well, that gets you on an FBI list. That gets you on Rachel Maddow's radar and she'll come after you. And you're called an election denier immediately called an election denier. Now, why would they call everybody an election denier? Because what's the alternative for Democrats? What's the, talk about, well, let's talk about what Democrats have done. Okay, what have Democrats done? They go by baby formula. Good luck with that. Let me know how that works out. That's Democrats. Go fill up your car. And then remember that gas was about a buck, almost a buck and a half cheaper when Joe Biden took office. That's Democrats. Thank a Democrat for that. Go to the grocery store. Remember what it used to cost not that long ago. That's a Democrat. Take a look at your bank balance at the end of the month and go, where the hell, how am I doing this? Open up an electric bill and go, oh, geez, your heating bill. That's a Democrat. So what do Democrats talk about? Oh, it's the end of, if you vote wrong, it's the end of democracy. If you exercise democracy in a way that displeases Democrats, it is the end of democracy. Oh, and also abortion. That was one of the other things they did mention occasionally. Abortion, 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 forcing women to become mothers. Oh, my goodness. And they, they actually had a chart on MSNBC. It was a graphic. It was the United States map, right? And they had, these are the states where abortion is literally on the ballot. And I don't know what, what states they were. I honestly don't care. But they uh, like, oh, these are this. If you look at these in the Midwest, Indiana is the only place. Or it was Indiana or Illinois. I can't remember which. I think it might have been Illinois. 
the only place where you can get an unfettered, unregulated abortion. Everywhere else, if people vote the way that displeases Democrats on these ballot measures, you could end up not being able to have an abortion. It's not true. They're, they're putting restrictions on abortions. One of the things that the Hobbs decision did do was allow states to go, you know what, 15 weeks, make up your mind, pooper, get off the pot, okay? That's really what's on the ballot. There are very few states, although there are some, not going to lie, there are some who want to outlaw it in every condition, and uh, whether or not they will, who knows? That's sort of the will of the people. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for that reflects that? It's easy, concise. What, oh, yes, democracy. That's democracy. The party who screams this is what democracy looks like. Uh, you'd think they would recognize what democracy looks like, but they don't like it when it doesn't go their way. And in the South, North Carolina is apparently the only place where you won't get arrested for trying to have an abortion, according to MSNBC. And if the Republicans win down there, boy, howdy, they're going to make sure that you get arrested for trying to have an abortion down there, too. As is always the case when dealing with Democrats, the truth is a little bit more nuanced than they uh, would have you believe but like the racists they are, they not only see people this way, but they see everything in black and white. And so there is no gray area. There is no, well, you know what, a 20-week abortion ban, except for the life of the mother, is uh, seems normal, seems like it actually polls better than anything else. Democrats always say the vast majority of the American people are in favor of abortion. Uh, they're in favor of a, the concept of abortion. But then you say, all right, well, how about you give them 20 weeks and 15 weeks, whatever, and then once the, the baby is viable, could live out on its own, that you can't do it unless the life of the mother is at risk. Well, uh, that sounds for And then suddenly you get huge majorities of the American people going, yeah, that seems right. That's what most of these states are doing. That's what most of these states are doing, despite whatever you may personally believe. That's what these states are doing. But the left is not bothering to give you that information. It is restrictions on abortion. Abortion bans. They conflate the two. Restrictions on abortion could mean no abortion. It could mean, hey, you know what? You're at uh, eight and a half months. And I realized that you just came, you woke up and said, you know what, I don't want to be a mom, so let's get this thing out of me. But no, you missed your window. Right? Make up your damn mind earlier. That is this treated the same thing. Uh, they're both treated the same way. Why? Because Democrats are wildly dishonest people. That's just how they roll. It's how they roll. That's why you need to vote against them. That's why you need to throw them out. You need to vote them up and down out of office everywhere you possibly can. Just saying. Because uh, before we get to the idiot president coming to uh, my state of Maryland here, I just want to make you aware of what's going on and the, the lawsuit up in Pennsylvania, the Fetterman campaign. Democrats are worried. 538, the Nate, Nate Silver is a god to Democrats because in like 2008 he predicted all the the house races accurately oh my goodness he looked at polls and he said uh it's gonna be a good year for democrats with barack obama on top of the ballot and, and ever since then he's been just as right or just as wrong or however you want to look at it as anybody else flipping a coin look if you're, you're trying to predict house races there's 435 of them about 375 of them you can pretty much tell because the the, the districts are gerrymandered 
in favor of Democrats or in favor of Republicans. That's just how it is. And then the rest, you just got to predict. And if you look at the polls and you look at the sentiments of the country, you could probably be a soothsayer too. But he is the god on the left to it. He's just the worst comb over too. It's like, dude, Nate, you're bald. All right, we get it. We get it. It's okay. It's okay. If you want to get a piece or you want to get transplants or whatever, do that. But don't do this swooping thing that you try to do because your hair isn't long enough to cover. It just looks worse. It just looks worse. But uh, Democrats are mad at him because this morning they changed the prediction for the U.S. Senate to predict. That's worth nothing, honestly, a prediction from anybody at this point. But he changed his prediction in the Senate from favoring Fetterman to favoring Oz. Rather significantly, too. It was quite a big shock. There's all these lefties on social media going, what's going on? Nate, why would you do this? Now, if you're at all interested in honesty and data, you go, okay, well, that's what the data says. But it's just curious because yesterday, yesterday it was in like 53% in favor of Fetterman winning was their prediction. And this morning it became 57% in favor of Oz winning overnight. Now a lot can happen in politics overnight. I don't know what they, they don't really go and explain themselves, but the left is beside themselves with this. But there, maybe it's the lawsuit. The lawsuit that Fetterman's campaign, they, they've been losing, if they keep continuing to lose. The idea that there's going to be restrictions, um, not even restrictions, that's the wrong word. Derek, get smarter, use the right word. That there are going to be standards, standards is the word, for voting is a threat to Democrats. Tells you how messed up these people are. <laughs> well, you can't possibly expect to have any kind of, th the Fetterman campaign is continuing their lawsuit. This is from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman's campaign for U.S. Senate has joined a legal fight over whether mail-in ballots uh, with no date or the incorrect date should be counted on Tuesday's election. The Democratic campaign sued Pennsylvania election officials on Monday asking a federal judge. Now, this is funny because they already lost in the states. The state Supreme Court, which is dominated by Democrats, said no. The law is the law is the law. And they're going, no, 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 no. We can't do that. Now they're bringing it to the feds asking a federal judge to order that all mail-in ballots be counted regardless of what date, if any, voters wrote on the outside of the envelope. They're supposed to write the date on the outside of the envelope. It's not some obscure thing written in a fine print at the bottom of the ballot and you need a jeweler's loop or a microscope to read. It is pretty unambiguous. Write the damn date on it. I believe the envelope has a place where it says, write the date when you're licking the envelope. Write the date here or else your vote will not count. And still people don't do it. I'm sorry, but if you're that stupid, I don't want your vote to count. Okay? If you're that dumb, like the ones, well, there was no signature on it, but it's clearly a valid ballot. No, it's not. In order for it to be a valid ballot, it has to have a signature on it. In order for it to be a valid ballot, there has to be a date on the envelope. Period. End of story. Therefore, you're sitting there, well, they're rejecting valid votes. No, they're not rejecting valid votes. The very definition of invalid is what these votes are. They're not. They need this date to be valid. They do not have this date. They are therefore invalid. Period. End of story. But the Democrats recognize that their voters are too dumb to follow basic instructions written in plain English that so much that a four-year-old could figure it out. 
that they are afraid that it is going to disproportionately impact Fetterman voters by the tens of thousands. Throwing out ballots, the Philadelphia Inquirer, throwing out ballots over such a technicality, they argue, violates federal civil rights laws. Civil rights, were civil, I don't know, I wasn't around during the time civil rights laws were being passed, but I don't believe they were all predicated upon the idea that black people are too stupid to be able to follow basic instructions. And so they, well, in their civil rights law, they write in their section seven, sub subpart A, no rules set up by anybody shall apply to minority voters because we can't possibly expect them to be able to follow the most basic of rules. Voting isn't complicated. Even voting absentee or by mail isn't all that complicated. If you can't handle it, I think we all as a species should be able to agree, you know what, I don't know, I don't know which way they're going to vote. But I don't want them to have decision-making power. If you can't, if you look at something that says, sign this and date this, or it's invalid and they don't do it, I don't think we want those people to have a say in our governance. Quote, the date requirement imposes unnecessary hurdles that eligible Pennsylvanians must clear to exercise their most fundamental right, resulting in otherwise valid votes being arbitrarily rejected without any reciprocal benefit to the Commonwealth. Oh, no. I love how an otherwise valid, it's an otherwise valid, it's not valid. Okay, other than other than the fact that your husband's head got blown off, Mrs. Lincoln, did you enjoy the play? Was it a good play? Hey, aside from that whole, you know, sinking and most people on the ship dying and the horrible you know, night you spent in the water, was was the Titanic everything they said it was going to be? Was it the most luxurious cruise line ever? Who the hell are these people? <laughs> God, being a partisan hack for a Democrat just means you you have to check your... It's not your brain. It takes brains to look at these things and go, we obviously have no real case. We have no real argument against this, but we have to formulate something, something semi-plausible so that somewhere in the food chain, some left-wing Democrat-appointed judge can hang their hat on it and go, okay, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Temporary injunction. See, that's what they're trying to do. They want to get an injunction against discounting these ballots and they want to set them aside. Now, why? And set them aside for later adjudication because, of course, there will be further, and it'll be expedited, but there will be further appeals, no matter which way this decision goes. It'll go all the way to the Supreme Court. What they're hoping for, no matter what happens, is that some jurisdictions, and it will happen, and it will be Democrat jurisdictions, it will likely be in Philadelphia, will open those envelopes mistakenly it's totally by accident they're set aside do not touch invalid court pending blah 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 but somebody will set aside those ballots and then somebody else will come along and go oh look a box of ballots let's open them it's christmas let's open these ballots let's count them then those ballots will be separated from their envelopes those ballots will be run through the machines and then mixed in with the valid ballots and suddenly they'll go, oh, my goodness, we opened the wrong. Sorry about that. We got about uh, 10,000 ballots. We probably shouldn't have counted. Sorry about that. Our bad. Uh, we can't separate them out. We don't know which ones they were. There's no way to know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 
That's how the scam works, ladies and gentlemen. That way, no matter what, the Supreme Court comes back and says, nope, sorry, the rules are the rules. They will uh, have already been mixed in in some places, in Democrat places. Those Fetterman votes will count. And uh, everybody will go, gee, sorry, well, certainly next time we'll know not to open the box of ballots that says invalid, do not open, do not count. We'll know then. Because Democrats, if you think Democrats have plausible believability, plausible deniability. Look, we're so stupid, we can't write the date on an envelope. Do you think we're smart enough to read, do not open this box and do not count these ballots? We're dumb. We're Democrats. They'd have a point, except this one wouldn't have been by accident. All right, so our uh, idiot president did come to Maryland yesterday. I love how he's finishing out in Maryland. In Maryland? Really? I don't know what's going to happen in Maryland, I can guess, but there hasn't been a poll that shows uh, the Republicans within a country mile of the Democrat running for governor in Maryland. I hope they're all wrong, but the idea that the president of the United States has to come here to help Wes Moore is insane. If Joe Biden weren't an anchor, weren't a drag, he would be where... Democrats are in close races, right? They'd be where where Barack Obama has been sent. Barack Obama has gone everywhere that you've seen covered in the media, where everywhere you've seen covered in the news. Why? Because he's out he's more popular than Barack Obama or than Joe Biden. He is the most popular Democrat out there. Democrats want to campaign with him. They do not want to campaign with Joe Biden. So you have to send Joe somewhere or else he'll sit around and sulk. And I imagine he'll be even more insufferable than he normally is. So they send him to places like Philadelphia, where you can't do much damage in Philadelphia. Send him to Maryland, to Bowie State. It's not only Maryland. It's sending Joe Biden to Bowie State University, a historically black college, where Democrats will dominate. And then you, you get the students in there. They have the energy. They, they're they excited about Wes Moore. And you got Joe Biden in there. Joe Biden will get a crowd and claim to have drawn that crowd. When in reality, I think they're there probably for Wes Moore. But even this, even in this safe environment, Joe Biden makes a fool out of himself. He forgets Wes Moore's name. He forgets... Westmore's name. I'm I'm not kidding. Listen, uh, listen to Joe Biden talk about. First of all, we've got uh, Chris Van Chris Van Hollen really needs the president of the United States to campaign for him. Why? And uh, he name drops Steny Hoyer, saying vote for Steny. Steny Hoyer is is safe. Okay, Steny Hoyer is safe. But Joe name drops him. He's campaign like he's campaigning for people who are at risk of losing. Listen to this. One of the great ways to honor HBCUs is to vote, <laughs> is to vote. Here in Maryland, you got some great people to vote for. Chris Van Hollen is up for re-election this year, and he's a great senator, a hell of a guy, make a great team with Ben Cardin. They both are strong, principled, and effective, and they got great congressional delegation. Steny Hoyer, so many others. Look, keep them. You need them. I need them. And of course, 
You got that next governor. What's his name? Wes, uh, Wes, uh, Wes Moore. <laughs> Keep them. Is there a risk? Is Steny at, at risk? Jesus, I, I, I think that would have made news if the number two Democrat were like, well, it, it's a kind of a coin toss. Chris Van Hollen, I swear to God, when I went to vote, I'd forgotten that Chris Van Hollen was in cycle. And I looked at it and I said, oh, Chris Van Hollen? Because you don't see, they're not even bothering to put signs up. They're not bothering to run. Well, they did. I saw my second Chris Van Hollen ad last night on television. Like I think Chris Van Hollen is safe. Who is Joe Biden thinking he's campaigning for here? At some point, you've got to recognize that they're sort of patronizing him. They're going to go over there. And uh, you only you, Joe, you can push Wes Moore across the finish line. And make sure you drag Steny and Van Hollen with you. And you know the guy, like, tomorrow morning is going to be going, what happened in that race? Is Chris Van Hollen still a senator? Did I, did I manage to save Steny? You'll believe it. But meanwhile, he uh, managed to insult historically black colleges and universities. By the way, he takes credit for funding. Bowie State University and HBCUs, which is something that Donald Trump did. Every year, HBCUs had to go to Washington, D.C. to beg for money from Washington. Donald Trump put 10 years of funding in the budget. Didn't you know, That's the biggest budget window they can do. He uh, made sure they didn't have to go to Washington, D.C. and beg. And uh, Joe Biden takes credit for that. because Why? Because Joe Biden takes credit for everything but then he does the look hbcus you know you're just as good as white schools wow you can take the racist out of delaware can't take the racist out of joe dollars i put in the budget for hbcus you know why hbcus don't have the endowments other have but guess what you're just as smart you're just as bright you're just as good as any college in america it's <laughs> just a smart it just well, this is joe biden this is what he looks at oh no 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 uh you're just as smart looking at an audience of black people you're just as smart as white people if you're saying that yeah, first of all that thought's occurring to you i don't know that you necessarily believe it i think you're pandering but we go back to, like joe has a uh, a history of this. If we get in the Wayback Machine and go to 2019, remember this little ditty from Joe Biden? The poor kids are just as smart as white kids. And then he goes, um, and, uh, and black kids and Asian kids and every other type of kid. Like, why did you, why'd you phrase it that way, Joe? Why, why, why? And the other thing we should do is we should challenge these students. We should challenge students in these schools to have advanced placement programs in these schools. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. No, I really mean it, but think how we think about it. <laughs> no, I really mean it. He has that pause where he has, at least he, back in 2019, he had those moments of realization. What just came out of my mouth? Holy crap. He didn't have those anymore. His mind is going, poor kids are just as smart and just as bright as, as white kids. Uh, I mean, uh, wealthy kids and black kids and Hispanic kids. And it, really, you just now you're going down the, the whole rainbow of people. Why? 
why do if you the easiest way to go about this joe is to just not be racist in the first place problem solved right but this is this is joe biden at a historically black house he looks at an audience of, of black kids and goes you guys are just as smart as white people why would you why would that thought even occur to you joe that we weren't that somebody hey you know what would really make this audience feel good is if i tell them they're just as smart as white people they're just as good. Your college is just as good as white people colleges. Huh. What, what, what is your inner monologue, Joe? I would, oh man, I would pay big money to broadcast Joe Biden's inner monologue. Wouldn't you? Just to hear it. Here's what Joe Biden really thinks. Give me those machines. There's always those cartoons and whatever where it's like, well, this machine will tell you what your dog is thinking. I'd love one of those attached to Joe Biden's head. It's just like you really get to hear what is going on in that poor, broken, squeaky hamster wheel spinning in a circle. It has got to be just this side of a Klan rally. Just got to be just this side of a Klan rally. Here in Merritt, where Joe was at the, uh, Joe Biden was at the uh, rally for Wes Moore. Wes Moore introduced Joe Biden. Now you hear Wes Moore described how. You hear Wes Moore described why he's a moderate. He's just a lovely guy. He's just a wonderful guy. He's just out there. He's going to put everything down. He's going to do everything. He just cares about people. No, he's a partisan hack. He's a left-wing partisan hack. Listen to the way he introduces the president of the United States as though you know he made uh, the Republican candidate running against him, Dan Cox, he made fun of his and mocked his and called him non, not patriotic. Like Westmore is a partisan hack. And he basically implies that everybody who's a Republican, if you're not a Democrat, you're a partisan hack. How is Westmore going to be the governor for all the people of Maryland? He doesn't really give a damn about all the people of Maryland. He gives a damn about certain people in Maryland. And that's who he's going to try to govern on behalf of. But listen to him introduce the president. And we will lead and we will not just win an election tomorrow. We will win this decade. And we will do it shoulder to shoulder with our next speaker. A man who understands what it means to be a patriot. Because we're talking about a man who's, who has devoted his life to service. And I cannot wait to partner with him and the Biden-Harris administration to make sure that we are fighting for abortion access fighting to fight inflation, fighting to grow our economy, fighting to make sure that we are going to build a state where we leave no one behind. Maryland, please join me and welcome the President of the United States, Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe. Uh, we're going to fight for abortion access. Really? Is that an issue here in Maryland? It's not an issue here in Maryland. Wes Moore would gleefully perform an abortion on you right and your child as they go off to high school. That's how committed he is. He knows about patriotism. He's dedicated his life to service. Not the service. He never joined the military. He dodged the draft. But he uh, dedicated his life to service. Yeah, he, he, he made tens of millions of dollars 
while doing so. But then what do you expect from Wes Moore, a guy who he's also dedicated his life to service? I have worked in the nonprofit world. Uh, you've made a huge profit there, dude. You, you've made a million dollars. You paid yourself a million dollars a year. <laughs> That's a, if I had known there was so much profit in the nonprofit world, I would have started a nonprofit a long time ago. Good God. No, no, money is the root of all evil and capitalism is bad. Now, please donate to the uh, charity that the giant corporations have supported, uh, giving me millions of dollars to run, and I pay myself a million dollars a year out of. You gotta love left-wingers' service, public service, is the pathway to, to riches, to fabulous amounts of money. Name a former Democrat in uh, any government position who isn't making a fortune now, making bank now. Harry Reid was a corrupt gambling official in Las Vegas. The mob said, we'd like to pay you a whole bunch of money to look the other way. And they did. They didn't pay him millions, but they paid him hundreds of thousands of dollars. He was, he was uh, portrayed in the movie Casino as the corrupt government official that they kind of had to bribe. If you watch that movie casino that guy is based on harry reed harry reed then as the uh, senator from the mafia went to washington dc miraculously a man of relatively modest means for the united states senate having a net worth of only several hundred thousand dollars managed to leave the united states senate worth more than 20 million dollars how do you do that? That's a hell of a thing. Well, you know, it's just wild speculation. As you hear Democrats talk about, we don't like these speculators. Bernie Sanders hates the Wall Street speculators. Really seems to like land speculators because uh, Bernie's a bit of a uh, a mogul when it comes to having several houses. They're not going to go down in value where he bought them. But uh, Harry Reid bought a whole bunch of land that it turns out just coincidentally that the government wanted to get their hands on for purposes of construction of military base access roads things like that. that land that was kind of worthless if you if you've ever been to nevada it's there's cities and then there's not cities and in not cities and outside of cities you're like Bleh. now you go outside of vegas it's barren desert Every once in a while, some of that land becomes valuable for whatever reason, usually having to do with government. And it's weird how a guy who was in government was able to know which plots of land were going to be valuable to the government. Government pays, except for when they're going after normal citizens uh, using eminent domain, the government pays well. They don't pay well when it's eminent domain, but they pay well otherwise. Harry Reid made a fortune, a fortune in public service. Wes Moore made his millions. He's got a nice house. He's got almost a $3 million house. What has he done with his life? Has he gotten his, uh, is he a medical doctor going, no, no. He wrote a book and then he ran nonprofits that he founded. How the hell can you afford a multi-million dollar home on that? Well, <laughs> Especially if you you grew up in an Oliver Twist story, the way that Wes portrays his life as being. It's almost like the guy's lying. But don't worry, if he becomes governor, he is very much looking forward, just like every progressive everywhere. He's portrayed as this moderate, he's a wonderful person, he's just a, a, just a swell guy, cares about all Marylanders.
No. He's going to, uh, if you think you're going to be left alone by a Westmore government, last night Westmore made it clear you're not going to be left alone by Westmore. That's not the progressive mindset. They want to be your controller. They want to tell you what to do, how you to live, how you're allowed to live, what you're allowed to think, what you're allowed to do, what you're allowed to say. Here's how Westmore would be governor. The other day, a reporter actually asked a question, and they asked, they said, why are you all campaigning so aggressively? And she, and she said to me, she said, she said, she said, haven't you seen the polls? So I told her, I said, I said, there, there, there are three reasons why we continue to campaign so aggressively. The, <laughs> the first reason why we continue to campaign so aggressively is this. This is how I plan on governing. Aggressively, with urgency, and across every part of the state, so get used to it. The second reason is because the only poll that matters is election day. And until those polls close tomorrow night, we are running like we are 10 points behind. We are running with urgency because we cannot just win an election. We have to send a message. And the third reason is also simple. Because the stakes are too high to do anything different. No matter where you live across the state, He's coming for you. He's going to tell you how to be. He's going to be wildly aggressive. He's going to bring his social justice to every corner of the state. Isn't that lovely? Doesn't that sound utopian? Doesn't that sound like the way that uh, Democrats always claim the totalitarian, little totalitarian? Always Republicans are totalitarian. Republicans are running to do what? To basically leave you alone. That's what Republicans run for. We're going to basically leave you alone. We're going to make sure that uh, criminals are punished, so they're leaving you alone. But we're most of the part, most part, we're going to leave you alone. We want you to be able to keep as much as you earn of what you earn as humanly possible. We want to get out of your way. Democrats want to get into your life in every way humanly possible. Right there, there's the Democrat nominee for governor of Maryland. Going, well, I'm going to aggressively, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you voted for me or you didn't vote for me. I'm going to be your governor and I'm going to be your business partner. I'm going to be in bed with you. I'm going to be everywhere you are. I, if your schools are good, I'm going to change that because it would be wrong. We need equity in education. And that means instead of you know putting pressure on bad schools to do better, we have to make sure that good schools do worse. It's much easier and equitable Plus, a dumbed-down population tends to vote for Democrats. So why not do that? You ready for this? Is this what you want, people? Is this not just here in Maryland? It's everywhere. Everywhere Democrats are on the ballot, every time Democrats are on the ballot. Remember that not only for this time, next time, every single time. Uh, I want to shift back to our uh, idiot president just for a second because... I, 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 I don't envy Karine Jean-Pierre. I don't envy her for a lot of reasons, mostly because she's dumb. And I don't envy dumb people, because why would you envy a dumb person? Unless they're like a lottery winner. But why would you envy a dumb person? But um, 
she does have to go out there and try and clean up after this president an awful lot. And sometimes you, it's just, you, you know you're going to, some days you go out there and you go, I know I'm just going to catch hell. I know I'm going to look like a complete freaking idiot today. And there's nothing I can do about it. That's the job. I mean, I guess you could call in sick or something. But then you also have to realize that after, I don't know, day 200 in a row of having to go out there and clarify, quote unquote, walk back or deny that what the president said is not really what the president said, you might just wake up and go, I made a pretty good living before I had this job. I don't really want to do this job anymore. This job isn't worth it. And maybe you go and you get a different job. Look at her. Corinne Jean-Pierre is married. Her wife works for CNN. She's make, they've got enough money that they can get by for a, a little while on one income, I would think. At some point, you just have to kind of go, I'm debasing, I, I can't live with myself doing this job, so I'm going to quit. Isn't that okay? And you get together and you go, all right, we'll figure out a way to make it work. Because Karen Jean-Pierre had to go out there and, first of all, just for a frame of reference, I want to play you Joe Biden from over the weekend talking about coal plants. See if you hear, get a spidey sense tingling, believe in any way, shape or form that there is wiggle room in what the president says here. Like, oh, there's ambiguity. This could be interpreted many ways. Many. It can't be. Keep in mind, this is the president of the United States. Vote Anybody votes for Democrats, this is what they're voting for, about coal plants. So it's going to become a wind generation. And all they're doing is they're going to save them a hell of a lot of money and using the same transmission line they transmitted the coal-fired electric on. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America and having wind and solar. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. We're going to be shutting them down all across America. Not a lot of ambiguity there. No wiggle room. No, geez, what could he possibly mean by that? Now we go to Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday. She's asked about that. And she had to pretend that what you just heard, you didn't hear. You said that the president is fighting for coal communities. Um, but just to follow up, that doesn't mean that he's fighting to keep these coal mines open, does it? Look, the president, I, I laid out very clearly about how the president sees um, uh, sees his his part in this uh, and what he has done. Uh, you know, he has he has uh, uh, you know through the work of working group on coal and power plant communities. President Biden has already delivered more than 23 billion dollars to energy communities across the country. Uh, he has put forward plans that are bringing new energy and manufacturing jobs to states like West Virginia, to states like Pennsylvania. And he has secured critical investment through the Inflation Reduction Act to support coal communities as well, uh, which he believes is incredibly important, which is why it was included in the Inflation Reduction Act. And that's from funding for coal miners suffering from respiratory challenges to billions of dollars in loans to help them seize new energy opportunities. So, again, you know, I mentioned this, I just say, laid this out, while we're trying to help coal communities, while we're trying to do everything that we can uh, to make sure that uh, uh, they have the funding that they need, Republicans, that very same, uh, same uh, policy, same uh, monies that I just laid out, 
Inflation Reduction Act, which is where it's coming from. Republicans want to repeal that, taking away the efforts that we're trying to to provide for uh, coal communities. So that sounds like you're helping them as the market through economic transition is moving away from coal. That doesn't sound like you're taking any deregulatory efforts or any steps to help the the mines themselves stay open. Is that correct? Look, I've been very clear. The President's been very clear on this. Uh, Don't have anything more to add. Uh, Again, we believe what he was trying to say was twisted, uh, and we've laid that down very clearly. You heard from my statement. You heard from what I just said here today. How do you Um, twist those words? He said we're shutting those plants down. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Phil. See, right at the end there, James Rosen comes in. How do you twist those words? He said you're shutting those plants. How do you twist those words? She immediately ignores him and goes to somebody else because that's who Democrats are. Them being a Democrat means never having to say you're sorry. I'd have to, qu- I'd have to quit my job if, if I were her. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. But then again, she's a believer, so what are you going to do? All right, in the uh, remaining moments we have together, I want to tell you how Democrats have reached the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Well, they might have gone through the bottom of the barrel. They've been sending out fundraising emails all day long. It's amazing. Give us more money. If you give us more money, we'll totally do this. Please give us more money. Messages from Barack Obama. Oh, Barack Obama. It's Obama alert. Obama alert. Read President Obama's message, then chip in before Election Day is over. <laughs> From Democrats.org. Then chip, read his message. Okay, so what, what, what important message is Barack Obama sending me? I feel like Ralphie in, in A Christmas Story. There's a secret message, and it turns out to be, you know, drink more Ovaltine. Says, Derek, did you see President Obama's message about the fight ahead? And then there's a picture of Barack Obama. To me, it's a screen capture of an email Barack Obama allegedly sent me that he didn't send me. It says, times like these require folks like you rising to meet the moment. I promise you, your support matters. Oh, wait a second. That was President Obama's message to me? He promises me that uh, my support matters. Well, then my support, my lack of support matters. That was the whole message. It says, uh, yeah, election day is today. Here's what we have on file for you. 2020 DNC supporter record, name Derek, ID. There's my ID number that they randomly assigned me. And it says uh, 2022 donor. No, not yet. Yeah, you're damn right. Suggested donation, $7. Will you join President Obama in supporting the DNC before the polls close in Maryland? No. But that's the entirety. Did you see President Obama's important message for you? Hey, uh, I want your money. We want your money. Oh, uh, no, I, I didn't. Didn't. Thank you for drawing the attention to me. I, I had no idea that a guy who's been doing nothing but sucking money out of the, the body politic was continuing to suck money out of the body politic. I, now things have changed. <laughs> Just like, was it Tim Ryan? The guy running for Senate in Ohio sent out an email yesterday. Liz Cheney endorsed me. Like, who does that appeal to? Honest to God, who does that? There's no Republican going, well, if Liz Cheney's on board with the Democrat, then I guess I'm going to change things and and cut a check. And there's no Democrat who goes, well, you've got a support of a Republican. They hate Liz Cheney. They use Liz Cheney because Liz Cheney is a useful idiot right now. But as far as like, Democrats going, well, I don't know. What does Liz Cheney think I should do? That's not a sentence that's uttered. 
by Democrats ever. But that shows you how low these people have gotten, how desperate they're getting for money. Going, well, look, if appealing to other people, how about um, how about the, the Democrat? How about we? Uh, Liz Cheney likes me. Won't you like me? Liz Cheney likes me. <laughs> Messages from Joe Biden. Ooh, it's election day. Oh, thank you, you idiot. I appreciate that. Thanks for clearing that up. But the bottom of the barrel, none of these are bottom of the barrel. There's a lot of them that are pretty close. I've gotten emails from actors. I think John Leguizamo sent Martin Sheen sent one. All these people like, oh, my goodness. These are uh, amazing, amazing people. What will I do? I, I didn't know I had to... I didn't know how to choose and think for myself until I heard from Julianne Moore and the cast of Veep. Now, things are are crystal clear for me. But no, even if that wasn't enough for you, now we have this one, the bottom of the barrel, ladies and gentlemen. Reaching out for the first time, Derek, is the subject line. You open it up and it says, a message from Chelsea Clinton. A message from, there's nobody out there going, I don't make a move politically until I hear from Chelsea Clinton. I do not make a move from anybody until I hear from somebody who has done literally nothing with their lives. Oh, but she's, she was an NBC News correspondent. Yeah, she interviewed the Geico Gecko, and even that was a joke. That was pathetic. She somehow was a a hedge fund manager, but that was more like, let's just employ her, we'll give her something to do. She married a rich guy, so she doesn't have to worry about this. Derek, it's Chelsea Clinton, just in case the photograph of her at the open of it or the fact that it says a message from Chelsea Clinton at the top. It's election day, so let me cut straight to the point. Well, thank you, Chelsea, because our relationship is so, you know, formal normally that I'm glad you're willing to cut through the, the BS. The stakes in this election are sky high. And if we want to defend our fundamental freedoms, then we need to keep the House in Democratic hands. So before the polls close later tonight, can I count on you to chip in to support the DCCC's essential work to defend our House majority with a $3, $10, or $15 gift? No, Chelsea, you can't. You can go jump off a bridge, though. You can do that, preferably a footbridge over a valley. Uh, Derek, I grew up in the world of politics, and I've seen my fair share of elections over the course of my life. Wow. (laughs) She's a genius. Uh, Did you ever see the DNA results from you and Webb Hubble? Chelsea, just saying, just saying, look it up. So believe me when I say that this is the most important midterm election we've ever faced. Oh, it's the most important one. I remember in, I think it was 2016, when Chelsea Clinton famously said, this is the most important election of our lifetime. And if we don't get it right, the next election will be the most important election in our lifetime. That's a direct quote from Chelsea Clinton. I remember that because I thought at the time, that's so stupid, I'm never going to be able to forget that. And years of therapy later, it's still there. We've all watched, she says, as our democracy has come under attack, as reproductive rights and freedoms have been destroyed, and the lies and conspiracy theories have entered the mainstream. Yeah, thanks to your mom and the Russia hoax. She is the OG when it comes to unfounded conspiracy theories hatched exclusively 
for political purposes. But we've, we're not powerless in the face of these dark forces at play in our politics, Derek. Ooh, dark forces. Bold, big words from somebody whose dad was pals with, uh, or at least uh, adoptive father was pals with Jeffrey Epstein. In fact, thanks to the leadership of House Democrats, we've passed legislation to defend our democracy, the right to choose, voting rights, and so much more. Oh, good, then you don't need the House anymore. Except they didn't pass the Senate. And I know we can keep making progress with grassroots supporters like you on our team. Yeah, please count on people like me who are never going to give you a penny ever. So let me ask just one last time, Derek. Before we close the books on this monumental election, can you join me in supporting the DCCC's work and elect House Democrats? Keep the GOP out of power and defend our House majority? No, Chelsea, you can't. Go chase yourself. And you go and vote. Do it early, often, late, again. Do whatever the hell. No, don't break the, well, unless you're sure you can get away with it. You didn't hear that from me. But vote. It matters. We've got to beat these bastards. And even if you live in a place where it doesn't seem like we're going to, at least you know that you committed the last full measure of resistance that is possible at this point in our history by registering your disgust with these people. That's mostly why I vote here in Maryland. Like, you know what? It's out of spite, just so I'm on record. So do it. We'll uh, be back. We won't be back to normal time tomorrow. We'll probably be back at this time again tomorrow just so that things as they're developing can be as current as possible. So, yeah, it's a little bit weird, this schedule, but I think it's better for now. It'll go back to being like the first thing you get in the morning in a day or two, hopefully. But uh, there's too much that could change between my recording this and uh, you hearing it to uh, to let that sit. It would go sour by then. So hope you understand. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 